Hello, and welcome to Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, Carice Jefferson. This podcast is for crafters of all ages and walks of life who love connecting with other crafters, making crafts a lifestyle, or ready to turn their crafts into a profitable side business. Tune in weekly for honest conversations and interviews about industry news, trends, lifestyle, and business. Hey, Craft Cuties. Welcome to this week's episode of Crafty Hands Club Magazine. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Handle Crafty Hands Club Mag using hashtag CHC podcast. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot of today's episode that you're listening to and tag us using the handle and hashtags as well. I am so excited about today's guest because this is Crafty Hands Club's first male guest. And there are a lot of male crafters out here. It just doesn't get you know, the notoriety or as much attention as the female crafters. So I am more than excited to have a male crafter on here. And also his DIY projects are amazing. Every last one of them that he posts makes me want to start a new project all over again. And that is seriously speaking. Today's guest is known as the Crafty DIY Guy. His first name is Jamie. He is a guy who loves to craft and create from Dollar Tree overhauls to cooking to thrift store flips and dupes. He kind of loves it all. After purchasing his first home in 2018, DIY projects became important for budget reasons, and he discovered his love to create them. In addition to crafts, Jamie is also a television and film actor and has had co-starring and guest star roles on shows such as The Resident, which is on Fox, Watchmen, HBO, Halt and Catch Fire, AMC, The Inspectors, CBS, and more. He's also done commercials. His work includes brands like Doritos, AT&T, Verizon, Trust Automotive, and more. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow, that is a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, and I, I have a full-time job on top of all that, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I understand. I have a five-month-old plus a full-time job, plus I do the magazine, yeah. so I get the whole being busy around the clock thing. <laughs> Thank so, God I just have a cat. <laughs> um, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's enough maintenance. It is. It is. So you started out of basically a necessity because you had to decorate your living space or else you had to pay a lot of money to get someone else to do it. You know what they say, either learn how to do it or pay the bills of somebody else who know how. Yeah, definitely. In 2018, I was able to purchase my first house. I lost all my grandparents in 2017. And collectively, there was you know some insurance money and things. And 
I was able to buy my first home and I went from a kind of a one bedroom condo that I was renting into a house that was a four bedroom, one bath house. And out of necessity to decorate this thing, I needed to be able to do something. And I literally just kind of started YouTubing and creating things and doing, you know, different DIY projects and such. And then I started posting them like on Facebook and stuff and sharing them. And then people were like, you should do a DIY channel. You should do a YouTube. And so I finally decided to do it. And then here we are. (laughs) Wow. So what was your first DIY project at home? How did it go? What was the motivation behind it? So my first DIY project, I would say within my house was probably getting the guest bedroom set up. My parents were coming to visit and it was the first time that they were coming to visit when they basically, you know, they they helped me to be able to do the house. And so I wanted them to have a really nice space to stay in. And I kind of had a bed and I had a bookshelf and that was about it in that guest bedroom. So I, I bought a few things and then my mom kind of likes the farmhouse aesthetic. So I started playing around with that. We have something in our neighborhood that happens twice a year, which is kind of like a DIY person's dream. And it's called Trashmas. And it literally is like the day before the big bulk trash pickup or like bulk trash amnesty. And they end up, people just throw away all kinds of stuff. And so I went out there and I grabbed a window that somebody was getting rid of and I grabbed some decorative bowls and I grabbed different things and then they weren't necessarily the aesthetic that I was going for. So I went down to the local hardware store, bought some paint and just kind of decorated the whole guest bedroom. I would think the first project that I can really remember of significance would be probably the window. Little DIY was a window hanging on the wall with some decorative wreath and a nautical rope kind of handle. And then the first project in the house that I tackled was actually my kitchen renovation. The left side of my kitchen was completely done. The people that owned the house before me did it with Ikea cabinetry and countertops and stuff. So I was able to match it up really easily. And I completed the right side of the kitchen, which was not done yet and built a wine rack and open shelving and kind of an industrial farmhouse kind of vibe, I guess. But since then, it's just kind of gone all over the board. (laughs) Wow, that's a great story. And I had never heard of Trashmas. (laughs) That's what they've nicknamed it here in the neighborhood. And it is just, it is so much fun. There's a big yard sale that happens the weekend before Trashmas. And so basically anybody that can't sell their stuff that they want to get rid of at the yard sale, they just keep it on the curb until the bulk trash comes by and picks it up. So I've grabbed so many cool things. I have a dry sink from the 1930s with an original copper inset that I turned into a bar at my house. And it was free sitting on the side of the road. (laughs) Yes, they do a lot of money. Yes, it did. It definitely did. (laughs) Because that will be considered an antique, right? Since it's from the 1930s. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's a rare find. And even the window and, you know, granted, people do throw out windows from time to time. But to be able to get the window and do something with it is amazing. So 
before 2018, did you ever do any crafts with your hands or were you just not into it at all and it just found you? So it's funny. I was always a condo person. Like I'd always lived in a condo or an apartment. So it's it's really hard to paint things and especially like spray paint. I use a lot of spray paint. My mom is extremely creative. She does a lot of like decorating and floral arrangements and things like that. But then my sister is extremely talented, awesome, amazing painter, paints watercolors and oils and does a lot of crafts and things. And I kind of always thought it was their thing. My creativity was more like kind of decorating my space. I think I was always pretty good at that. And then I bought, or I was given a chair from a friend of mine when I lived in this apartment and my my place actually before I bought the condo and it needed some love and it was just an old wicker chair and I wanted it to be navy blue. And the courtyard where I lived had some picnic tables and things. So I just took a tarp out there and some spray paint and the the chair and literally a bottle of wine. And I took two glasses in case a neighbor wanted to join me and just went out there and spray painted it. And I was afraid somebody would steal it. So that's why I took the wine so I could just sit out there and, you know, wait till it dried (laughs) and brought that inside. But I think that was probably the first kind of thing that I started doing. And then I did build like a little entertainment center. And those were the larger projects kind of leading me into kind of moving into my house. And then once I moved into this, because I have a backyard and everything now, I pretty much just try anything. And there's definitely a lot of fails along the way. And then if it's something larger, you know, I I will bring in a consultant or I will bring in a contractor or a friend that maybe has more experience in it because I still want to learn it. I still want to do it. But sometimes it can be a little scary. (laughs) Yeah, because doing crafts requires challenges. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because it it gets boring staying at the, you know, level that you have already mastered. Yeah, I guess so. I look at it, it's funny because I don't, sometimes I look at my crafts and I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And, you know, sometimes I second guess myself, but, you know, I think I'm always trying to come up with clever ways and trying to recreate something. I look at, I don't even know where it comes from sometimes, but I will look at something that's very kind of out of the ordinary or unexpected and just see things. I don't, you're a creative person, so you probably know what I mean by that. You know, you're working in a store and you see something like at a home goods or a a pottery barn or something like that. And you think, oh, I can make that. Mm -hmm. And you just automatically see, you know, I can take some duct tape and three dowel rods and a, you know, (laughs) whatever from a a pill bottle and a, you know, and then boom, you've got the same project. And I do a lot of that, but then sometimes I'll see something that is very out of the ordinary and see some sort of beauty in it and will kind of create from that too. It's like it's speaking to me or something. (laughs) Yeah. Creativity does that. And one of the jokes I make sometimes is, you know, you, you so creative or crafty that when you go to a store and you say, Oh, I'm not paying 60 some bucks for that. I can make that myself, you know? And then, you know, the enthusiast, 
part of it you start looking and you say oh yeah they use this they use that they use that materials then you find what was wrong with it and how it could be made better so yeah yeah, that can get you in a lot of trouble (laughs) it really can it definitely it definitely can there has been some projects that i've started and i've just i'm not like good at painting a room like painting the walls that i will hire a professional for every single time but you know if I can do it or if I think I can do it or if I can try and do it with some help, then I'm going to do it. My outside renovation that I did in, I guess, gosh, it was around this time last year. My house was built in the 40s. So my house is 100 years old. And it had the original awnings on the exterior of the house. Cute house, very well kept, great condition, just a little dated looking on the outside. So I took all of the awnings off of the house with the help of a friend of mine. We put shutters up on the two main windows that are on the front. And then the largest set of awnings, which were on the front porch, those came down and then we built a pergola trim kind of around the front of the porch and still needs to be painted, but it changed the whole outside of the house to the point that neighbors were starting to ask, you know, are you, are you selling? Are you, are you getting ready to sell? And I'm like, no, I'm just, just making it mine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just getting settled. And I think that's what you should do, you know, with living space yeah. is make it your own because you're going to be living there long-term. Absolutely. So you might as well, you know, do it the way that you like it. So Jamie, you've been acting for a decade, over a yeah. decade. Yeah. And, Earlier, you talked about how you were doing your DIY designs and you were posting them on social media. And then people started suggesting to get a channel and so forth. Do you think, because it sounded like you did it right away. It was like, okay, why not? Do you think your acting background made you comfortable enough to do video because video is something that a lot of creative people struggle with. They're good at what they do, but when it comes to being on video and I struggled with it in the beginning as well, do you think your background played a role or gave you an advantage in doing video? I think it definitely helps now from the in front of the camera side of it. You know, I started my YouTube channel, I would say in August of 2019, but prior to that, there were still a lot of just photos and such going on in the Facebook groups. And then when I started the YouTube channel in August, 2019, I actually became monetized in April of 2020. So right when the pandemic kind of hit and um, yeah, it was just kind of random that it happened that way. I guess it was a, there was a bigger plan in place (laughs) that I know about from the the big man upstairs. But (laughs) the thing that was probably the most intimidating for me was the technical side of it, the editing of the videos, the shooting of the videos, being on camera, I don't have any problems with for the most part. I mean, I still get nervous and even, even shooting some things at home. Sometimes I, you know, the nerves kind of pop in, but Once I kind of figured out how to film everything in a way that I was comfortable with, then it became a lot easier. You know, my production quality is not Spielberg. I use my (laughs) iPhone. I have an iPhone 12. I use iMovie. 
I use my iPhone to shoot everything. I record my voiceovers with my phone and I do all my editing on my phone. It's the system that seems to work the best as an actor, especially based in Atlanta where I'm based. We have to do a lot of auditions on self-tape and it's not that uncommon for actors working actors like myself to have a setup in their home. And I do have a setup in my home, but it was my phone <laughs> and then a tripod. And then I just have a curtain that kind of acts as a, a kind of a neutral backdrop. So it kind of had played around with it a little bit. And so what I started doing initially on my channel was shopping hauls because I could just point the camera, you know, I'd go to Dollar Tree or I'd go to Michael's or somewhere like that. And I just kind of show everybody what I bought. And then as I became more comfortable with the editing process and doing the voiceovers and such, then it became a lot more fluid and a lot easier. And now I don't even think twice about it, but I definitely think that having that acting background and having that kind of lack of technical, but kind of at least knowing a little bit about how it works, mm -hmm. I was able to play around with it a little bit and get comfortable with it. I think that that's probably the most important for anything that anybody that wants to do a YouTube channel, you know, figure out the, you know, iMovie doesn't work for everybody. Some other softwares are better than others. I've played around with different software and iMovie seems to be the one that, that I connect with and that I can do the most with. So that's the one I use. That's good advice. Definitely for someone who wants to start doing YouTube videos mm. It's still a struggle for me, not in terms of nervousness, but I will be having video edits and so forth in the future. But I had to get back into the process of doing them on a consistent basis. Yeah. And, you know, aside with the magazine, also, we teach people, you know, help people who are turning their crafts into a small business. And to do it from a profitable standpoint. So a lot of videos are informational, educational, but it still takes a lot in doing these videos. And I'm so glad that you talked about that. You got in a lot in that little time that you said it, but it's a lot. It's more than what people definitely give it credit for. And we're not going to even get into the lighting and all of that. That's but now you became... You were able to monetize in eight months, that, you know, less than a year, yeah. which is, first of all, it's a blessing. Secondly, it's hard, harder to do that on YouTube because of all of the rule changes and so mm -hmm. forth. What was that like when you start seeing, wait a minute, I'm actually making money? Get the coins. <laughs> I had a pretty not a big following, but I was in a lot of the Dollar Tree DIY, because I do, that's mainly what I do, a lot of Dollar Tree DIYs and thrift. Right. And I would be pretty active in the Facebook groups that are Dollar Tree kind of craft oriented. So I would do that for, you know, a, a good while. And I would just post a picture of like a finished product. And then somebody would say, oh, what are the steps involved? And so then I started taking pictures of just the steps. And then I kind of eventually went into doing the videos. But I think kind of having that presence in those Dollar Tree groups definitely helped. And it was pretty easy to convert people because once I said, you know, hey, guys, I opened up a YouTube channel. Follow me there. 
I had a good amount of people that followed me there. I also got very blessed. I met a woman that is a YouTuber. She's a DIY person. Her name is Megan and her channel is called Glue Guns and Roses. And (laughs) Megan was one of the first kind of larger crafters to kind of take me under her wing, if you will. She did a DIY that I absolutely loved and it was perfect for my aesthetic at home and everything. And I duplicated it. And when I duplicated it, of course, I gave her full credit and full shout out for it. And, you know, I tagged her on Instagram and on the YouTube video and she saw it on Instagram and just probably, I would say a week into the pandemic, she happened to go live on YouTube and I just happened to be on YouTube, logged in and and got the notification because I'm a subscriber of hers, obviously, (laughs) and got the notification that she was going live. So I joined her live and she gave me a shout out on the live. And at the time, she didn't even realize that I had a YouTube channel. She, you know, she acknowledged it then and, and gave me kind of another shout out. So that certainly helped. And then I met friends of hers and, you know, we've, it's kind of cool because it's people that have, I think Megan has probably close to 400,000 subscribers and, you know, I'm in 30 something thousand and we've just become friends. Like there's no other way to really say it. And then I've met other people and other friends and they would offer advice and, you know, make your videos longer or, you know, do this with your thumbnails and just, just general advice that was so helpful. And just from the heart, there were no collaborations. There were nothing like that that was going on. And it was just like, Hey, you're cool. Let's do this. And I give them credit for that too. Megan was definitely a big part of that. And, you know, because of that, And that info sharing that I was receiving from other people, that's kind of what spearheaded into me doing my own show that I do on Friday nights at 7 p.m. It's called The Chit Chat Show. And I interview up-and-coming YouTubers and crafters and DIY experts. And it ranges from somebody that maybe has less than 5,000, but they're just really cool and they've got a cool message and I like their projects up to, I was fortunate recently to interview Catherine from Do It On A Dime, who has over a million subscribers. She has almost 2 million subscribers and she does DIYs and Dollar Tree stuff. There's a guy named Mark Montano who used to be on a TV show called While You Were Out that was on TLC. He was one of the designers that would kind of do like these room makeovers when like you'd send your spouse out of town for the weekend. Yeah, Um, I remember that show. Yeah, and Mark was a guest. He just got picked up on a new show on Discovery that's going to be coming out with Leanne Rimes and Chrissy Metz. And, you know, I just met some really cool people and they were willing to share ideas. And so I've had them on as guests. And that's really a way for me to give back because you know, I can take this information and and keep it all for myself. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's going to benefit me, but I feel that the, you know, the energy there of of giving it to somebody else is also super helpful because I kind of think of it as I think about my acting career. Honestly, if, if I don't book a role, but my friend does, or somebody else that's local to the Atlanta market does, then why would I not celebrate that, you know, Mm -hmm. casting is so subjective. 
It's, you know, he's too fat. He's got a beard. He's got gray in his beard. He's got blue eyes, whatever it happens to be. And, you know, you just don't know how they're going to pick you or what they're going to pick. I want to celebrate other people's success. And if I can see or help somebody or even get some nuggets of information myself, I've learned something literally from every single guest that I've had on that show. And it's been incredible. That's good. And you really, what I'm hearing is you receive the energy that you put out because you have a nice demeanor, cool, and help when you can. And you like to see other people do well, as you stated. So you attracted people who wanted to see you do well. And they were helpful with giving you tips to actually advance you in the YouTube arena. Because again, YouTube is hard to navigate. Now, once you understand it, I'm pretty sure it's easy from that point on. But getting to that point, is can be a challenge so recently you had a you did a video with other male crafters talk about that yeah i would get a lot of comments on my youtube and you know there were always always super positive comments for the most part you know there's always there's always some there once in a while but Mm -hmm. I would get you know comments like oh my gosh you're a guy crafter that's so cool or I love seeing a guy's perspective on farmhouse or on you know whatever aesthetic it is and it just got me thinking because being a guy crafter I would naturally just kind of meet other crafters that were also guys and I would follow them and Lone Fox is one that I follow that I absolutely love his aesthetic is so very cool. And, you know, I knew that there were other guy crafters out there. And I I met Dennis and Andrew. They are on HGTV Handmade, which is the kind of digital crafting version of HGTV. And they were digital hosts there. And I had known them for, for a while, even before I had my YouTube channel. You know, so I knew them. And then I knew another guy named Justin. And my mom liked this guy named Ramon that did wreaths. And then this guy named Kian that I knew, knew another guy. And there was about six or seven of us. And I came up with the idea of an all guys crafting collaboration. So I reached out to Shorebonder. I reached out to A Maker Studio. And I reached out to Catch, who are all sponsors of my channels. And they offered a prize package and we did kind of like a friend hop style. You know, you watch my video, you go down to the link in the description box below, and then you hop on to the next video. And there was about, I think it was seven or eight of us and we were all guys and there was no theme or anything to it. It was literally like, do whatever you do. And so one guy does more home decor. We had two guys that do wreaths. We have one guy that does very kind of high-end looking design. I'm kind of in the middle. And, you know, we just kind of just kind of focused on each other's strengths. And it was great. It was super successful. And now we're doing a guys versus the gals collaboration that's actually scheduled for the end of this month. And we're calling it a guys versus the gals challenge, but it's it's not a challenge. It is literally just a celebration of guys and gals crafting. My video will link to a girl's video or a woman's video. Her video will link to another guy's video. And then it'll, so it'll go guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl. 
We've got some really cool people involved in it. The crafty couple is a part of it and they are a, you know, male, female couple. And oh, so okay. I know that. them. Yeah. And they're kicking it off. And then it pivots to Courtney from creative on the cheap. And then mm-hmm. I think it's going to pivot to me and then I'll pivot to a, another female crafter. And then it'll go, you know, until you make the circle, we were able to get an exclusive sponsor for this particular video. So I'm super excited about that. It's a shore bonder and they're giving away a nice prize package And, you know, it's kind of straightforward. You just leave a comment on everybody's video and that enters you into the sweeps. You know, if you want to subscribe, that'd be great. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. And yeah, it's just going to be fun. That sounds so cool. I like that concept. And will you be doing these type of special segments monthly or you just doing these couple months as a task to see if there's going to build the demand for future I definitely could not do them monthly. Collaborations are very hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize how hard collaborations are. And, you know, especially when you're leading it, kind of like what I'm doing. So I'm creating all the artwork and I'm creating kind of the scripting and everything for it. And then, you know, making sure everybody's video is linked properly. There's a lot of work that goes into collaborations. The way that my schedule works, because I'm at a point now where I have paid sponsorships, I have my regular subscribers that I'm, you know, doing my own videos for. I have collaborations that are in the works. My scheduling now is like three to four months out. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I'm also juggling my full-time jobs plus the acting career. So it's a lot to manage. And, you know, I try to push out content three days a week. I do a shopping haul at least one day a week. And then I do DIYs. And then whenever there's a chit-chat show, that's kind of like a bonus kind of video for that week. And it's a lot. It's a lot to manage. So I literally have an old school like book calendar that I write everything in. And my paid sponsorships are picking up now as my channel is starting to grow. I've got a contract with Cricket. And so I'm doing videos for them. And I just signed on with Old Time Pottery. And I'm doing another one now with Catch that's going to be an exclusive. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And you've got to, I don't want to feed my channel with nothing but sponsored videos. So I've got to mix it up. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm kind of strict on it, if you will, with collaborations. Like this month alone, I got myself into, because I overpromise, I do that sometimes. And I don't want to let people down. So I have three collaborations just this month that are going on, which I would never ordinarily do to myself, but I did. So I'm going to make them happen. (laughs) Yeah. Once you give your word, that's it. But sure. And, you know, the honesty in what you're saying, that's something that a lot of people do. Sometimes we will bite off more than what we can chew or want to chew. Yep. And sometimes it doesn't look like a lot up front. Collaborations, I'm sure that is a lot because scheduling alone, that is sure. that can be tedious, you know, getting everybody to be able to commit. And the more people in the collaboration, the harder it is. Definitely. And when it comes down to it, too, it, it is a business. You know, YouTube is a business. Mm-hmm. And when your channel is making money and you're, you're reaping those rewards, it's because you're working really hard at it. You know, there's things that you can and can't do just like with my day job. 
you know, there's certain things that I know I'm not going to be able to do because I've got other commitments or things that I have to do. So you treat it just like a job, just like any other job. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you're getting paid too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Now there's for male crafters that might be listening to today's episode and they like it, but they may feel some type of way because of the stigma attached to, you know, being a man into craft, even though male crafters have been on the rise over the last decade, the industry Alliance reports have stated that. And what advice do you have for guys that are into crafting, but they may not be, they may not show it too much on social media because of, the different stigmas that can be attached to it. Sure. I think the main thing is, you know, be confident in yourself and know, know your worth. You know, I always tell everybody, even on the chit chat show with every guest that's come on, there's always been a constant theme and it is you are enough as you are. So, you know, you're going to see me and I know you can't see my fingernails right now, but like there's, there's chalk paint in there because I've been doing some stuff or, you know, I've got a stain on my t-shirt or whatever it is, but I know I am not the, you know, my production value and everything is not the best all the time. Meaning, you know, you're going to see dirty hands. You're going to see paint on my hands. You're going to see a stained work area or the, the place that I spray paint has I spray paint on that all the time. And so you see all the spray paint from all the previous <laughs> projects, you know, but mainly you are enough as you are. And so whatever your aesthetic is, just go for it and just do it. I wouldn't say that I'm totally like out as a crafter, if that makes sense on my personal social media. I have, you know, my, my regular Instagram handle, which is kind of more for the, the day job stuff, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then my craft handle is two separate Instagram handles. There are friends and neighbors that know that I do crafting and that I'm doing YouTube, but then there's a lot of them that don't. There's family members even that don't know that I do it. And it's not because I'm embarrassed about it, but I don't have to tell them. Like it's, right. I like, Everybody don't need to know. Right. And if they, you know, look at like the crafty couple or she's so crafty, they're great crafters and they don't even show their faces. They don't show their faces on any of their videos. So they could, if you're a guy out there that wants to do crafting and wants to do YouTube, but you're afraid of the stigma, don't show your face. Use Mm -hmm. a different name, you know, create, like I'm the crafty DIY guy. I always say, Hey, my name is Jamie when I'm talking, but they don't have to do that. They could just say, you know, hey, I'm the crafty DIY. Don't use my name, but you know, they could they could have their own channel name and just go by that. And they don't have to film their face. You would be surprised how many ladies and guys hit on me because I am a crafter. They find it different. They find it kind of sexy. They find it kind of cool. So <laughs> you never know what it's going to lead to. I say just go for it and be yourself. I totally agree. And there's other opportunities. You know, there's always podcasts. If you really don't want to be seen, 
write a blog about it from a male's perspective, put together a book of crafts from a male. There was one post that you shared and the book title, I'm a writer. So the title just had me there. And I was so curious about that Uh book. And it was, I'm not going to curse, but I think the guy is in London. Okay. And it was big book of crafts. Oh yeah, the big A double S of crafts. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Mark. I want to get that book. <laughs> so that you can find them on Amazon. Mark Montano, who I talked about, that had the TLC show and the new show mm-hmm. coming up on Discovery Plus. He actually wrote that entire series. So it's a big, you know, booty crafts book, and there's several versions of it. And then he has a big booty crafts book that is kind of like home decor and he has different segments of books so he wrote all of those and i have the book actually on my shelf actually or now it's down on the floor but i have the book and i use it all the time yeah he's got some great inspiration in there yeah thanks for sharing that because i saw it on one of your posts and i was like i am curious i'm gonna get that book yeah it's a great book there's some (laughs) Like I said, there's several different versions of it. My goal was to get them all at some point, but they're great. And they're, I love any kind of books, catalogs. I get a lot of inspiration from things like that. Yeah, most definitely. Jamie, what is your ideal DIY project that you want to do? Ooh, that I want to do. So I wouldn't say I'm in a Dollar Tree rut right now, but I do a lot of Dollar Tree. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing some thrift flips very soon. I'm actually working on a kind of an outside DIY project where I'm going to be redoing my deck in the back. I'm not building the deck. The deck is already there, but I'm kind of redoing what's out there. And that is a project that's coming up. I'm working on some stuff on the inside of the house as well. I just redid the fireplace. And so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's coming up. I love my style is kind of more like an industrial slash modern farmhouse. My house itself is super, super eclectic. And it doesn't really have a a theme anywhere with the exception of that guest bedroom that is now my craft room. (laughs) But that was the only room in my house that ever had a theme. Hmm. Yeah, creativity does that sometimes. Like, you don't give it a name. You just do whatever leads you there. You really do. Now, you do these thrift store flips. So, and I think there's there was a show where I'm not sure if it was Vanilla Ice that did the show where he did have a DIY show where he will flip, he will go to thrift stores or the yard sales and find things and do some really cool stuff with it. Oh, I wasn't even aware of that one. I can't think of the uh, Like Flea Market Flip, which is a different one that's on the HGTV and GAC where they go to flea Mm -hmm. markets. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I love that one. But I would love something like that, actually, if I could have my own TV show. (laughs) HGTV, are you listening? (laughs) But like, that would be fun to do like a thrift flip kind of a TV show and decorate a home or something with it. So when you do these thrift store flips, you go and you find something nobody's really looking at and you say, okay, I can turn this into a treasure. Sometimes. Or I will 
buy something because I see it and I think it's really cool looking. And I'm like, I can do something with that. And I'll have no idea, but I know if I put it down, then the idea is going to come to me. And my house is a little bit of a mess right now because I've got lots of little piles of stuff, but I'm kind of in the middle of getting everything really organized. It just kind of speaks to me. I don't really know how to explain it. I will do the same thing if I'm walking around a Dollar Tree. I did a DIY project recently with a dog rope. Oh. It just it just happens. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's something people don't think of too much. <laughs> yeah. No. I have another one I'm working on right now that is all featuring, if you go to Dollar Tree, especially in the summertime, they have a ton of like water toys and outdoor toys. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my next DIY project that I'm maybe focusing on for the guys versus gals craft collaboration, but it might be just for another video this month, is using nothing but those kind of outdoor toys to create home decor with them. I would love to see that because we do go to Dollar Tree all the time and I have a little one. So, you know, as he gets older, that might be some cute ideas for his room. Sure. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You just never know. So in terms of collaboration, who will be the ideal person to collaborate with in the future? Oh, wow trying to think. I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate because I have some great friends that have already super established channels. And I mean, of course, yeah. I'd be open to any of them if they were to ask, but my friendship with them is more important than doing a collaboration with them right now. So, you know, I'm happy with kind of the way that things are. I don't really limit myself on who I will or will not collaborate with. It's more about if I know them if I know their style, if I know their aesthetic, if it fits within my brand and my world, meaning my subscribers would like it as well. If Mm -hmm. I know something about them, they know something about me. They've spent time getting to know me. I've spent time getting to know them. I like to know somebody on a personal level as well as, you know, just from their projects and really just kind of establish a friendship long before you ever jump into a collaboration. You know, if if somebody reaches out to me and they have a hundred subscribers and they've never been a subscriber of mine and you can check and see if they're even subscribing to, you know, you on Instagram or, or YouTube and they want to collaborate, it's like, no. No. <laughs> you know, and right. it's, it's kind of like if you were, you know, if you lived in a neighborhood and a neighbor showed up that you've never known before and they're like, hey, can I borrow your $2,500 riding lawnmower? No. No. Because I don't, I don't know you. And it's not that I'm being selective or snob or anything about that, but I, I'm kind of thinking of my subscribers in the process as well. And it, it doesn't mean that I will never collaborate with that person. Again, I've done collaborations with people that are much smaller than my channel. I've been fortunate to do collaborations with people that have larger channels. I just think it's more about the vibe and the energy. I'll honestly collaborate with just about anyone, just as long as we have that connection and that kind of mutual kind of like for each other. Does that make sense? Does that sound? Yeah. And you also (laughs) made a good point about, you know, you have to give you know, you give to receive, not give to receive, but you be given. 
and it returns back to you, maybe not in the way that you gave, but it, you know, it will return. And also, you don't just go and say, hey, let's do a collaboration. You know, you have to build some type of relationship with people. And you, you seem like you're very good at building relationships with people, which is key in business. Can you briefly talk sales, about that? background, you know? Sorry for over-talking you. I had a sales retail background for a long time. And I think oh, okay. foundation of customer service is just kind of stuck. There. Yeah. That's good. And then where do you see your business a year from now? I know you don't like to put a label or limitations, but where do you see it in a year from now? I would love to be on TV doing something that is incorporating crafts and DIYs and the love of that along with the television, whether it's either as a digital host on something like an HGTV handmade or having a show on discovery or HGTV. Mm -hmm. I think that the combination of my acting background combined with the DIY would be amazing. Even doing commercials and things for home Depot, you know, or instructional videos for them on their website, something like that. I definitely see the channel growing. I would love to hit 50,000, if not more than that. I don't want to put a number on it because I, I don't want to limit myself either. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, no, I get it. You could have one video that goes viral and then all of a sudden gain 100,000 subscribers like that. And that would be amazing. That would be a huge blessing. <laughs> but I'm just hoping that I can still keep the wheels on everything, <laughs> keep everything balanced and moving along. And, you know, going forward, obviously acting is still something I'm extremely passionate about and want to continue to do as well. I'm still auditioning. I'm still, you know, still have agency representation and everything and still going through that whole process. I get a couple auditions a week and, you know, who knows where I'll be. Maybe I'll be on TV somewhere else soon. I can definitely see that. And I mean, you're already on the path. I mean, you do acting, you know, TV, film, commercials, and you have a platform, 30,000, not too shabby. You know, that's 30,000 more than what most people have. And it's like 32 uh, on, I think it's 30, like close to 32 on YouTube and then like almost 20 on Instagram. So um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm expanding on trying to expand right now on TikTok and Pinterest and Facebook. I have a Facebook for the crafty DIY guy and, you know, just trying to juggle it all. I'm actually looking for a, like an assistant or like a social media assistant because it's just a lot to manage. You need it. Yeah. 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 You are at a high volume. So you definitely need to get that help. Well, I want to say congratulations on all your success, Thank Jamie. You. Oh gosh, this was a great interview and I wish you so much more success in the future and just, you know, keep doing what you're doing and hang in there. And last but not least, Jamie, where can listeners find you in terms of websites, social media, your channel? I was lucky to be able to snag the name, the crafty DIY guy on everything. If you go to Facebook, if you go to YouTube, if you go to Pinterest, if you go to what are the other ones, TikTok, Twitter, I'm at the crafty DIY guy on all of those. So it's the crafty DIY guy 
and then whatever. And then I'm also at the crafty DIY guy at gmail.com. So if any of those guys have questions about starting a channel or want to reach out or anybody for that matter wants to collaborate or if HGTV is listening, email me. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that is a wrap, listeners. If you've enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and share it on social. Be sure to mention Crafty Hands Club Mag and use the hashtag CHC Podcast. Again, thank you for listening. Tune in next week.